and I know it impacted everyone in our group. Um, but I wanted to talk about something that Christine Kane talked about on Sunday night, which would have been the fifth session out of the six that we had. Uh, one thing that she said is, as New Covenant believers, we have inherited the spiritual blessings that God has promised. But she asked us, how are we living our lives as if we possess those spiritual blessings? And that triggered something in me because I'm one before passion, and even currently now it's a work in progress, that I can be consumed with fear and anxiety, and it's the smallest things that can eat me up for days, I feel like. And so one of the things that God has put on my heart as I prayed and I thought about what to speak this, to you guys this morning, um, one of the things that he put on my heart is I am free from that fear and anxiety. That's right. And... I just need to practice giving up that fear to God because he invites us to do that. Amen. And that really has spoken to me because I know that that's something I need to work on in my life. And I pray and I hope that that can encourage you too, is that we are free from those fears and those anxieties and we are invited to give it up to God because he is good and his plan is sovereign for us. So Amen. thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. Haley, come uh, before you share. Um, let me pray for our offering. And uh, guys, I'm going to ask you all to go ahead and, and collect our offering as, as Haley shares with us. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to give, express our love to you, bless these gifts. May they bring honor and glory to your name. And may that be our passion as a church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Haley Powell, new to our church. So glad you're here, Haley. God bless you, man. Share with our people if you would. Hey there, good morning. It's good to see you all. Um, I just wanted to say a big thank you on behalf of all of us who went to Passion this year um, for uh, taking part in our fundraisers and financially supporting us and also praying for us for safety and just provision along the way. Uh, I just want to say that uh, we had 40,000 students gathered in three locations, all worshiping one God. And I think that was one of the most amazing parts of Passion. Now, um, some of the speakers we had are uh, Louis Giglio, Ravi Zacharias, Levi Lusco, Christine Kane, and uh, they were just amazing. Oh, and Dr. John Piper. Um, all right, so... I just wanted to share two takeaway truths that I had from passion. Maybe they'll touch you. Uh, one of them is that we live in a victim society. And what that means is we tend to blame certain people or circumstances for the situations that we are in. Now, I think that Jesus died for us so that we may be free of that and so that we can live in victory. His blood serves as our banner of freedom. And I think that um, we just need to constantly be aware of this so that we're not living in the bondage of, of victimhood. Now, the next takeaway truth I'd like to share is that um, Jesus says 81 times in the, in the NIV version of the Bible, uh, do not be afraid. I think that that serves as a constant reminder to us that we need to be putting ourselves in situations in which fear would be natural to us. We need to step out in faith and we need to constantly seek the Lord's favor in our lives 
so that we are not afraid and so that we can push forward. And I just want to thank you again for uh, loving us and for supporting us. And we love you guys. Amen. Thank you, Haley. God bless you. Thank you all so much. You can go ahead. Thank you. Amen. Pastor Jim, could I get you to hand me my Bible? Um, I want to thank you, brother. I want to thank our church family for having a, a, a very important part in our group going to Atlanta. I want to use those testimonies, if I could, to kind of segue or transition into what I feel like the Lord has for us today. Two of the three testimonies mentioned um, that God has already provided us a freedom from fear. Um, I need to claim that during this message this morning. We're talking in these next few weeks about better because the normal isn't working. That we, we want to be better in our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to be better in our effectiveness of sharing the gospel. We want to be better in the way we minister to people who are hurting and in need. We, we want to be and we want to get better. I ask myself as we were singing and worship this morning if the glory of God's name is the passion of this church. And if it's not, I wonder why it's not. I look at some of the ministries in our church and I see that God is doing incredible things. I define that as lives being impacted for His kingdom. I define that as seeing God's name receiving glory through individuals that are involved in these ministries. And certainly this 1825 is the name of the college career ministry. The 19 or so people who went to Atlanta, I see God doing incredible things in that ministry. And I, I find myself attributing that to a spiritual leadership. Philip and Joanna Hahn, uh, if you'd have told them 18 months ago that they were going to lead an 1825 ministry, they would have, wouldn't have any idea what you were talking about. And God very, very clearly said to them, this is what we want you to do, and they began this ministry, and it was just simply a God, what do you want us to do? God, what do you want us to do? God, what do you want us to do? And God has blessed that ministry in a credible way because they have heard God's voice and they've been obedient to what he's called them to do. I think of our ladies' ministry, who's headed up by Tracy Catanaw and has a lot of support from Liz Dixon and what God's doing in that ministry. And I attribute that to spiritual leadership. Them saying, God, what do you want us to do? And God revealing that and them being obedient to it. I think about our youth ministry. We're seeing young people, teenagers, getting saved almost on a weekly basis. God's doing incredible things in the lives of our young people. I'm so very, very grateful. I hear their testimonies often. I see their faces, and I know that God's working in their lives, and I attribute that to spiritual leadership. I attribute that to an incredible team of volunteers who love Jesus and just want to serve the Lord. I, I want to share something with you that's really on my heart. It's a burden to me. I want to be honest with you about it. 
I don't see the same thing happening in our church, in Avalon Church. When we're talking about better, well, we can certainly talk about logistical things that we could do better, and, and there's some things that we can do better, and we're going to be working on some of those logistics. But you know what? I think it really comes down to spiritual. If we're not seeing things spiritually in our church, don't I have to attribute it to spiritual leadership? Don't I have to attribute it to what's going on in my life? What you see in my life and, and how I lead spiritually? I don't think that what I'm sharing with you is a big surprise to you. In the last two years, our attendance on Sunday has gone from 800 every Sunday down to 600 every Sunday. Something's going on. I wonder what that might be. I think the, the good news is, is this. This church is not dead. <laughs> and there's a lot of neat stuff happening in this church, and I am very, very optimistic about what God is going to do in this church and through this church in this coming year. But I know this more than anything else, what he does in this church, it'll be a spiritual thing. That's why last week we began by saying we need to have a spiritual checkup, not us as a church, but each of us as individuals. A spiritual checkup, and we need to determine whether or not we as individuals are wandering around in a wilderness, or are we in the promised land? Are we going after the, the mission? Are we fighting the battles? We looked at Joshua last week, and we'll continue to do that over the next three or four weeks. Here was a, a group of people that were of one heart and of one spirit and of one mind. They, they, they had a love for God, and every single one of them understood what the mission was. Possess the land. That's what they were called to. Bring glory to God's name by being obedient to his call to possess the land, a land that he had already given them. I tell you this morning that I think our mission is the same. Possess the land. Possess the land that God has given us, that God has promised us. There's going to be battles. Isn't it interesting that God could have just handed them the land? He can just hand us the land. But God says, no, I want you to go out and fight the battles. I want you to experience warfare. I want you to sacrifice. I want you to make a commitment. I want to use you, and as I use you, I'm going to draw you close to myself. And as I use you, you're going to see me in a way more clearly than you've ever seen me before. And as I use you, you're going to grow spiritually. That's my blueprint. That's my game plan. Go and possess the land and allow me to do in your heart and in your life what I want to do in order for us to accomplish the mission. We have to be unified. We have to be together. We, we, we all have to be of the same mind and of the same heart and of the same spirit. We have to be unified in doctrine. 
in what we believe. We have to be unified in the truth, and we have to be unified in fellowship with one another. It has to be a spiritual fellowship, growing spiritually together. 1 John 1.7 says, If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Do you get the impression when you read that verse that fellowship must be more than just having a party together? If we walk in the light as He is in the light, then we will have fellowship with one another. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. Four things in this brand new church, a church that would grow to turn the world upside down. Four things that they dev- devoted themselves to. Teaching, that is doctrine, that is truth. Communion, praying, and fellowship. Well, I, I read that and I know it's talking about more than just getting together for a, a, a fun time. I think that, that, that connecting with one another, our relationships, connecting with one another, the Bible word for that is fellowship. The true biblical fellowship, it's not just getting together, it's not just a party, it's a deep soul-to-soul connection. It's caring for one another. It's involving ourselves in each other's lives. It's going beyond the superficial. I believe God calls us to that. Connection. Fellowship with one another. Why why is that so important? I could talk to you about the emotional impact it has on your life the many studies that have been done that just simply say that when you have real relationships, soul-to-soul kind of relationships, you're happier. You feel more content and more satisfied. I I could talk to you about the physical aspects. Study after study. Go home and Google it. Really. Study after study shows that when you have authentic relationships, real relationships, people you can pour your life into, people that will pour their life into you, those soul-to-soul kind of relationships that you live longer, (laughs) that that you're healthier. But there are spiritual impacts as well. It's in these kind of relationships with one another that we experience our greatest growth in our understanding of who God is that we experience our greatest effectiveness in accomplishing the mission that God has given us. I want to share with you four things real quick. These are metaphors that the Bible gives us that has everything to do with our relationships with one another. I ask you to to think about this and visualize this, if you can do that, visualize this in in the context of Avalon Church, in the context of your relationships with other people. The Bible says, uses this metaphor, that that being a part of the church is like being a brick in a building. 
says that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. It says it in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. And without us turning to those verses, I tell you this, it says the foundation of these relationships is the teaching of the apostles, which is doctrine, which is truth, and that Jesus is the cornerstone of this building that is being built, and it's a building that is designed to bring glory to God. It, 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 it brings to mind that, that we are a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. And that part is absolutely essential. And it calls it a, a stone or a brick in a building. This past week, I got an email from William Enright. Sent it to me and to several other people. And, and he was talking about a function, a, a, a get-together that we had last Monday night. I want to read to you what he read. He didn't know I was going to preach on this today. I didn't know he was going to write this email. Here's what he says. He first quoted 1 Peter 1.5, the verse I just mentioned to you, and then he said, here's the bottom line of it. We don't do Christianity alone. Peter describes us as living stones, not loose, not discarded, but interconnected, interdependent being built up into his temple. Every brick used in a wall is dependent upon all the other bricks. If one is knocked out, the others above it and below it are in immediate peril. And he says, and here's the application. Am I so built into the lives of others that their life is affected for good? Am I so built into the lives of others that they feel valued and respected? Am I so built into the lives of others that I would be missed if I were gone? He uses this metaphor, brick in a building, because in a building, connected parts support one another. That has to be our experience here at Avalon Church if we're to grow spiritually and if we're to be effective in reaching other people for Christ if our passion is going to be the glory of his name a second metaphor it's like being a part of a body that's in Romans chapter 12 verses 4 and 5 Colossians chapter 2 and verse 19 it tells us in those verses that there are many parts to the body it's talking about the physical body and he's saying that that being a part of the church is like a physical body. You can see this illustration in the physical body. In the physical body, there's a whole bunch of parts. And it, and it says that, that, that all of the body has to work together, that it has to be complete. It goes on to explain in those, in those verses that we are all different. That we all have different roles. That the hand has a different role than the foot that the eye has a different role than the ear. It says in this passage of Scripture that, that we belong together and that we must stay connected. That we're all part of the same body. That every single one of us have a role, have a responsibility in the, in the functioning of that body. Some are the eyes, and some are the ears, and some are the, is the heart, and some are the toenails of the body. 
And maybe you're here this morning and you think you're the toenail. Well, let me tell you something. Every part is important. Have you ever had a toenail ripped off? You know it. You miss it. Does it hurt? It's important. And every part of the body is important. And when, listen, and when one part of the body is not functioning the way it was meant to function, the whole body suffers. No wonder God's Word uses a metaphor as a body, a part of a body, being a part of a body as being in the church. In a body, the connected parts grow together. Here's another metaphor that it uses. It's like being a sheep in a flock. Psalm 103, it is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. It's talked about again in John chapter 10 and verse 11 where Jesus Himself says, I am the good shepherd. You know, I think that this is important for us today because this is what binds us together. This is the common thread that flows through this body of believers. It's Jesus. Jesus is our shepherd. Why use a flock as a metaphor? Because in a flock, sheep are protected and cared for. Jesus is the author of that protection and that provision and that care and he uses individuals to live it out, to work it out. We have a responsibility to that. 1 Timothy 3.15 says that being, a part of a, uh, being part of the church is like being a member of a family. It, it says there that God's family is the church. It, it talks about loving each other as brothers and sisters love each other. It uses phrases as we are the children of God. We are adopted into the family. Constantly it is using phrases like brothers and sisters and this connotation and this this metaphoric uh, idea that, that we are a family. I believe it uses that metaphor because you know what? Families love one another. They don't always agree, but they love one another. I can say something bad about my brother, but you better not. Because them are fighting words. Right? I want to feel that way about you. I want you to feel that way about me. We're part of the same family. Uh, You come to me and tell me where I'm messing up. Get in line. But don't let anybody else say it. I won't let them say it about you. Because we love one another. Because we're a family. Why go any further, you know? If we're going to be better, then we have to have authentic fellowship in our church. We have to labor together. We have to encourage one another. We have to support one another. We have to do our part we have to rally around what, what uh, 
draws us together. We have to rally around the name of Jesus. We have to lift up His name. We have to love one another and support one another and encourage one another. It has to be authentic fellowship. How do you experience that kind of fellowship in this church? How do you get connected in this church? One of my favorite verses of Scripture in all the Bible, it's 2 Corinthians 8, 5. It simply says, first they gave themselves to the Lord. Talking about the church at Corinth. And then by God's will, they gave themselves to one another as well. First they gave themselves to the Lord. And then they gave themselves to one another. First they gave themselves to the Lord. Folks, that's a relationship with God. That's a salvation experience. That's a life that's transformed. That's a commitment that is made. I'm giving myself to God. I'm surrendering all that I am. Connection within this church family starts with giving yourself first fully and wholly to the Lord. And then the Bible says in 2 Corinthians that they gave themselves to one another. We do have a mission. We do have purpose. We do have something that we want to accomplish and, and, and we'll be more effective in God's mission for our church when we are connected to one another. Come to know the Lord. Give yourself to the Lord. How do you give yourself to one another? Well, join the church. <laughs> come, and, come and join. When you join, there are expectations. There's an expectation to attend. There's an expectation to serve. There's an expectation to give. There's an expectation to, be, uh, uh, to love one another. There's an expectation to be joined together in fellowship. There's an expectation to, to, to be on the same page in truth and in doctrine and in the teaching. We want to facilitate our relationships with one another. One of the things that we're introducing this year that is a logistical thing that's going to make us better spiritually is in fellowship. Pastor Jim's been talking about it and emailing about it for the last month. This is really, really important. This is not one of those things that you can go, eh, I'm not really interested in that. This is being a part of the flock. This is being a part of the building. This is being a part of the family. This is, being, this is the, 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 a tool in becoming connected to one another. I'll be very honest with you, my attitude has been, yeah, that's not really my thing. You know, I'm not a computer guy and that kind of thing. And that's wrong. So last night, I registered on InFellowship. And it was easy. It took me a couple of steps longer than it probably would have taken some of you, but, but I got all registered. This is so important that we put it on your bulletin under sermon notes how to register on in fellowship. I want you to go home and do that today. I don't know how many we have registered. 80? 70? We need 400. We need 400 registered. Everybody in our church, you don't register as a family, you register as individuals. Everybody in our church that's over 13 or 13 or over can register. Let's get 400. Let's get 500. I even downloaded my picture onto my profile. Yeah, you can too. 
on the bulletin, under, uh, again, under sermon notes, it, it tells you exactly how to do that. You go to avalonchurch.org and you click on connect. After you click on connect, there's another place where you, you click on connect again. And then there's a tab that says join in fellowship. Most of you, you'll want to take notice of the instruction that says don't have an account, sign up. That's where you want to click if you're not already signed up. You, 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 you click there and, it, and, it, and, and it, it, it asks you for an email address and you need to be sure and use the email address that Pastor Jim is using each week as he sends you emails. And then you, you, you sign up. I, I'm not going to go through every single step with you. But after you sign up with your email and a password, it's going to give you a, uh, it's going to send you an email and you need to confirm that that's you. That's real important because you can't go any further until you do that. And then it asks you to build a profile. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You can tell us as much as you want. There's address in there. There's phone numbers in there. There's birthday in there. I noticed when I registered last night that you, if you put your birthday, you have to put the year you were born. You have to. So my birthday's not in there. <laughs> then it allows you to, to, to update your profile. You'll click on that. It allows you to, to download a, a picture of yourself. I'm asking you to please do that. That's important to me personally, that I be able to associate a face with a name. I know a lot of faces and I know a lot of names, but I have a hard time getting them together. This is going to help me. It's going to help you. And I, I, I'm asking you to do that. And then it's a real important that there's a place where it says join the church directory. And that allows you to be a part of our, of our directory. Pastor Jim can explain this a lot better than I can. I'm simply trying to use God's word to convince you that this is important to us as a church family spiritually that this is important to us being able to be effective in fulfilling the mission that God has given us as a church that we can be a lot more effective as a unit than we can as individuals I've heard this a lot as I've been watching playoffs and football and watching you know they talk about team and they talk about depending on one another and loving one another and trusting one another and working together as a unit. And it makes me believe that if you had 11 football players and each one was the very best in the world, there was nobody better. Every one of them was the best that there is in the world at his position. And there was 11 of them, but they could care less about each other. They didn't support one another. They didn't encourage one. They were in it for what was in it for them. They won't win. But you get some average guys that love one another and encourage one another and they're there for each other. They're going to protect one another. They're going to work together. That's a team I'd like to coach. And that's exactly the situation that we have here this morning. I hope that you'll do that. How do you connect with this church? Well, a good start is this better way of communicating with one another. When you're in, in fellowship, you'll have a directory of everybody. You'll have an opportunity to sign up for all the different opportunities that we have here at our church. You can even pay fees 
through in fellowship for some of those opportunities. Online giving is going to be available to you. Finding a group is going to be available to you. Communicating with your group. Just a couple of clicks and you can send a message to your entire group. How they can pray for you. Your availability to support them and love them. We want to get everybody signed up here. We, we, we want to take a couple of weeks to get everybody on in fellowship. The next time your life group meets, I hope you'll spend a few minutes. The life group that I'm in, we're going to meet this afternoon at 4.30. We're going to spend some time on this. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure everybody that's in my life group's registered. Because this is important. Now, let me talk to you. Um, we got to get better. And the better's got to be spiritual. And it's got to start right here. So if I need to confess to you that I haven't been the spiritual leader that I need to be for you, then I do that right now. And I want you to know that it's more than just a confession, but it's a commitment. I want to have a right relationship with God. I don't want to cut corners. I, I, I don't want to take the easy road. I, 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 I don't want to wink at sin. I want to be passionate about my relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to be able to see that in me. I want to be used by him. I, I tell you again, I believe that, 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 that what God's doing in our youth is because of spiritual leadership, because what God is doing in our 18 to 25 is because of spiritual leadership. What God's doing in our ladies' ministry is because of spiritual leadership. And I believe that what, I believe our church will follow where I'm at spiritually. And I haven't been where I need to be. But I'm excited and optimistic about what God is going to do in this church in this coming year. I've got to lead. And first and foremost, I've got to lead spiritually. And I make a commitment to you this morning. I make a commitment to Pastor Jim, who serves as an accountability partner for me. I know there's other people in here. VJ serves as an accountability partner for me, and Philip, and, and Rich, and Curtis Catanall. I'm saying this to them, and I'm saying it to you as a church family. Because something's got to change. And I'm convinced the change has to be spiritual, not logistical. I'm going to ask our musicians to come. I know that this is possible because with God all things are possible. I know that this is possible because we have a great God. And I believe it's His will. that he bring about this change. I believe he'll empower me. I believe he'll empower us. That's really what this song is about. Lord Jesus, minister to us. Lord, I, I confess and I commit. Thank you. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for fresh starts. Thank you for second chances. Thank you for your empowerment and your guidance and your direction. May I walk in that to the glory of God. And may that be the prayer of every individual in this room for the glory of God.
I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.